3: 6:30, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on 6:30, Chad. McDavid centers one timer
2: score. Oscar Clevbon and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time, it's Clevbon snap
3: he looks to the right side he's throwing to the end zone there it is touchdown Eskimos Duke Williams Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams this is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos 630 Chad Beth I hear you calling but I can't come home right now
4: National Hockey League regular season no score, Predators and Rangers in the first period. Also in the first, Blue Jackets on 1-0 on the Red Wings. Camp Atkinson has scored. Senators and Blackhawks are tied 1-1. After the first period, Bruins with a 2-0 edge on the Sabres. Islanders and Hurricanes scoreless. And the Capitals, 10 goals in their first four periods of hockey. They lead the Penguins 3-2 after one. Later on tonight, the Jets meet the Blues. The Coyotes take on the Stars. Philadelphia is at Vegas. And the Wild meet the Avalanche. Baseball playoffs. Brewers leading the Rockies. 2-0 in the bottom of the eighth. Game one of the best of five NLDS. The other series on the NL side starts at about half an hour. The Dodgers taking on the Braves. Football tonight. The aptly named Thursday Night Football. It is the Colts up against the Patriots. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 6:08. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6:30. Chad, Oilers regular season will start at 11 a.m. on Saturday. We have it for you, starting with the faceoff show at 9:30. The Eskimos practicing today. They will play in Regina against the team from Saskatchewan. Two o'clock kickoff on Thanksgiving Monday. The Countdown to Kickoff show with Morley and Dave will be at noon. Okay, so the Oilers play in Germany yesterday. They move on to Sweden where they practice today. And now they're getting ready to take on the New Jersey Devils. And Chris Russell did indeed practice today, though he remains on injured reserve. I
3: haven't been told by the training staff or the doctors that he won't be. uh, So I'm planning like he is. There'll be some evaluation that'll be done later on today, and we may know more tomorrow, but... Uh, I have four penciled in, unless I'm told otherwise. Alright,
4: so keep an eye on that. Uh, we were talking about this on Oilers Now earlier today. If they do activate Russell, there would have to be some kind of another uh, roster move. Perhaps they would assign Ethan Bear to Bakersfield on paper, and uh, Evan Bouchard would be in the lineup. Um, other things you could possibly uh, do, that one might be the, the simplest one to do, but we'll keep an eye on that. And Adam Larson obviously was never actually on injured reserve. He was back on a pairing with Oscar Clefbaum today this Two Swedes excited to be playing in their home country. The Oilers' opponent will be the New Jersey Devils as the game will feature the last two Hart Trophy winners, Connor McDavid two years ago, Taylor Hall last year. Of course, both guys earlier in their lives drafted first overall by the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, they were teammates for one season. Head coach Todd McClellan had Taylor Hall on his bench for one season and says well yeah of course he's doing well
3: Well, i think taylor hall has always been an mvp he's played extremely well um in all his years in in edmonton he was a number one pick coming into the league um as players get a little bit older things happen for them um, on a more regular basis they adapt and they change a little bit uh but he's a tremendous player he had a uh, Uh, A very good beginning to his career. He's found a new home. He's found some great line mates, and he was very productive. So uh, it's not a surprise that he's able to elevate his play and get to to that level.
4: All right, and the Oilers, of course, they went overseas on Saturday, so they're spending about a week over there. It's an eight-hour time difference for both Cologne and Gothenburg, so we're looking at
3: 2.10 a.m. right now in Sweden. Well, we all woke up this morning and went to our phones to find out what happened at home and, um, you know, look at some of the scores and who did what. And, uh, but it is, it's different being here. The, um, the news, the hype is a little bit different. It's, it's about the event, not the league. Um, back home, it's a little bit more about the whole group of teams that are starting and what the stories are. But that's okay. Um, we're here. We're in the, uh, the present and we're dealing with our own group. We don't have to worry about anybody else.
4: All right, so the Oilers will practice again tomorrow. They play on Saturday. This one counts in the standings. I was uh, looking through the history of Oilers' season openers since they joined the NHL uh, all-time, Kellen. They are 21-13-4 all-time in, in season openers. They have won the last two, cool. both at home over the Calgary Flames. They they are uh, technically the road team on uh Saturday, but Correct. they have never started the season with. I, like, which I guess what you'd consider a neutral site game. They have never started the season against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, this is just a total useless trivia for you. All right, totally falls under the category of useless trivia. They have started the season against this franchise, though. Ah,
0: the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado
4: Rockies. You're right on top of it. And not the Kennedy. baseball the team. Not the baseball team that's currently <laughs> playing. Back on October seventh, nineteen eighty one. The Oilers opened their season against the Colorado Rockies and won the game 7-4. So that is a completely useless tidbit.
0: I think Don Cherry probably was coach of them back I then. I think
4: he was, you know what, I, I thought he was the 79-80 season. Okay. You only been coach, to season we'll we'll, we'll do, a, do a list of, uh, I, I think he coached them in 79-80. I will do to Google. And I think he was only there one year, so I don't think he would have been the coach because that would be the 81-82 season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cherry already would have been gone by then. Somebody probably will remember and text it in to 630 You can also call 780-496-0063. Uh, by the way, thanks for anybody who uh, tuned in on to Oilers Now earlier today and is still putting up with me. I'm uh, just doing Oilers Now all week because Bob's in Europe. We had some uh, great discussion on that show and a lot of uh, very, uh, you know, strong text, I guess, in terms of people's convictions about the Tom Wilson hit. You know, uh, I know some of you agree with the suspension, some of you don't. And then obviously you had the Lars Eller celebration last night when he scored the seventh goal against the Boston Bruins. And then Brad Marchand went went out there and, uh, sorry, Marchand went out there and, and fought him the next time they were on the ice together. That was, you know... Well, we're going to have Hal Gill on the show in a few minutes, and, and full disclosure, obviously, Hal covers the Nashville Predators. He's currently calling the game, so I I, I taped this earlier. He'll have he'll have a, a pretty pretty definitive statement on on how he feels about celebrating goals, given the current situation in in the game. Um, you know, it's just weird with it. Look, the the Bruins were mad; they're getting crushed. Marchand is, you know, what he is. A lot of you would use probably creative language to describe Brad Marchand that I wouldn't say on the radio. He is uh, an aggressive, pesky player, shall we say, to put it mildly, so he wanted to go out there and do something about it and, uh, you know, the Bruins were embarrassed. And, you know, you, in hockey, they always use the term, well, you got to send a message, you got to send a message. Well, I think something like that might send a message to your own teammates about maybe waking up a little bit and not being embarrassed next time as much as it sends a message to the Washington Capitals. But uh, anyway, still 2-0, Milwaukee leading Colorado. As uh, Colorado just gets out of a tough situation, the Brewers did load the bases in the bottom of the eighth, cannot score. So now the last chance for the Rockies coming up in the top of the ninth. We'll talk a little baseball with uh, former big league pitcher Edmontonian Mike Johnson later on on the show. We'll get to that Hal Gill interview when we return.
3: Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. Six thirty chan. I don't know if you saw this calendar or
4: if you interview. Rock and roll fans out there may have seen this. Chuck Klosterman ranked every Van Halen song. I think hundred and thirty one cool. of them. He ranked every single song. He didn't rank albums, he ranked every individual song. Mm-hmm. Panama was not number one. Perhaps we'll discuss later, Kellen. Hey, uh, the Nashville Predators in action right now against the New York Rangers, but earlier today I caught up with uh, former NHL defenseman, now radio color analyst for the Preds, Hal Gill. Hal, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. You are uh, walking the streets of New York as we speak, getting ready for the game tonight. You know what, Hal? Uh, I I don't get to travel, but I I like asking people their their favorite road city. Well, you might live in the favorite road city, City now, Nashville might have passed New York and Chicago and Montreal in some of those places.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, Nashville is something else right now. It's blowing up and it's a lot of fun. But uh, I will tell you that it's nice to get on the road to get into New York and to have hockey start.
4: Well, this is a fun week. Uh, everything's getting going. Obviously, the Oilers are going to be one of the last teams to play their first regular season game, but uh, most teams starting yesterday and today. W- when you were a, a player, what was the f- day of the first game like? Like, did, was it that Christmas morning feeling? Did did it feel any different, or, or was it just
0: another game? You know what? It's like Christmas morning, except you're nervous that you might not get the present that you wanted. You know, you're you're still a little bit cautious. You don't quite know if you're where you need to be. You think you're ready. You're excited about it, but uh, you never know until you get on the ice if you're up to task. And that's the that's the part I really miss. Is you know, every every night in the NHL, you you get challenged, and that the first game especially is you don't know if all that training is going to pay off or if you if you did enough you hope you did and you plan that you did but until you get out there in the first first period the first shift the first hit uh, you don't know if you're ready, and that's the fun part.
4: Well, the the Predators had a pretty fun season last year. Uh, obviously, President's Trophy didn't get as deep as they wanted to go in the playoffs, but uh, they're looking good again. I mean, people got them right up there with Winnipeg again in the Central Division. Maybe a few more people now picking the Jets to, to finish higher through 82 games. We'll see how that goes. But, I mean, you're in there every day. I mean, is this uh, Predators team once again loaded to do really well? How do you see it, Hal?
0: It's the same team, except you add a year of, of uh, development for a lot of these young guys, another year is going to be huge for them, and they're just getting better. So uh, they really didn't change anything. What I like is at the end of the season last year, David Poyle asked all the, the leadership group, the core group guys, and said, what what do we need? What do we need to change? And they said nothing. Give us a chance to do it again. And, uh yeah, you know, So they, they kept that team, and now the ownership is really on the players. The players said, this is our team, and, and now they get to go out and prove it. So uh, a, another year for guys like Philip Forsberg, uh, Kevin Fiala, Craig Smith, Roman Yossi, P.K. Suba, Ryan Ellis. I mean, the list goes on of the players that are going to get better every year, and uh, they're not in their prime yet, and so they're just getting better. And I, I think there's a lot of
4: well, I guess that's the scary part for the rest of the league. They're not in their prime yet.
0: <laughs> I, well, I say that, and then you look around the league, and there's young guys jumping in all the time and having a huge impact. So, you know, let, around the league last night, there's just a bunch of young guys performing well. So uh, it's a young man's league, and, and all these guys are, are so much fun to watch, and, and it's even more fun to watch them develop into, into great players.
4: Hal Gill joining us on Inside Sports, longtime NHL defenseman, now an analyst with the uh, with the Nashville Predators. You know, Hal, uh, you played from '97 uh, to 2014, uh, spanned a long time, and uh, you know, you 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 played a rugged game. You had to hit, you had to smush guys to to you know keep your job and, and keep plugging away. And they and I mean I'm going to lead you into Tom Wilson here eventually, but you, you during the course of your career, what you could Get away with really changed, didn't it? I mean, what was that like for you?
0: But yeah, I mean, it, you know, I always said every rule they put in the NHL was to try to get me out of the game. Uh, Whereas the hooking and holding, or uh, del- the, you know, the delay of game penalty for flipping it out of the eye, all those. All those tricks of the trade uh, they tried to get rid of, uh, and, and I felt like it slowed it hurt my game. But I was constantly adapting. The problem I have, you brought up Tom Wilson, is, uh, you know, the, the NHL, I get what they're doing. They want to keep player safety. I mean, that's A, number one, and I get that. I respect that. But there has to be an onus for players to protect themselves. And, uh, you know, I look at some kids that – that, you know, they really turn their back to the play or they're not watching. They don't have their head up when they're coming across the middle. And, I, you know, I understand there's an onus on both players, one to not hit the player, to not make the head the principal point of contact. But if you have your head down the whole time, and I, I look at that Tom Wilson hit, and I understand he's a repeat offender and he's got a He's got to somehow avoid that, but I, I just think it's difficult to avoid. You want to go and play a physical game, and when a guy has his head down, it, it's really tough not to hit his head, and, but to do your job. Um, and I just uh, I want to make sure that young players out there really pay attention because uh, my first game in the NHL, I remember I reached out to get a puck, and I stuck my stick out there, and someone knocked my head so far off of my body. I, I you know... Uh, I still, you know, cringe when I think about that hit. And I went back to the bench and everyone on my bench said, "Kid, get your head up. (laughs) You know, this is the NHL. And uh, I think there's an onus. I learned that lesson pretty quick. I think there's got to be an onus on these players to protect themselves. So, uh, you know, I want to protect the players. I just want them to protect themselves as well.
4: Well, that one was last night, uh, was interesting last night between Boston and Washington. Uh, I mean, Washington blew him out 7-0, which doesn't happen a lot to begin with. And then, you know, Marchand got upset with uh, with Eller. Were, were you ever there on either side of it where you thought a guy was, you know, taunting or doing anything excessive? Or maybe you had a teammate and you wanted to say, hey, back off, buddy. We I'm not going to go out there and fight for you or we're going to play these guys again in two weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, uh, I I always said if you if you don't want to be taunted against, then try not to lose seven to nothing. You know, if if a guy scores a goal and does a dance, uh, I always said you know maybe I, my best method will be to not let him score, so he won't do the dance. Uh, you know, I, it's a it's a tough, humbling thing when when you get beat up, and I've had those games and probably too many of them, where you, nothing goes right. Uh, you know, you have to handle it, and that doesn't mean you don't go out there and play hard, and, and if you have to fight, you fight. But, um, it, you know, it, it's, there's something to be said for, you know, taking your beating and moving on.
4: Now, did, did you have a goal celebration? You had thirty-six of them.
0: You must have come up with something. I usually, I usually was so surprised I didn't know what to do. You know, oh, it certainly wasn't a plan. It was, it was like, you know, usually I'm, I was at the point going, hey, did that go off someone or is that mine or, hey, what did that hit? You know, waiting for someone to point at me. Uh, yeah, no, I. I love uh, Who doesn't love scoring goals? But I was more thrilled to the fact that, you know, we got a, we got a point on the board. And, and that was what I was more excited about. But I don't mind the celebrations. Go for it.
4: Hal, it's always a pleasure to have you on Inside Sports. Thanks for your chat on the Predators and your insight into some other things going on. Have fun tonight, man. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hal Gill, always great to have him on the show Broadcaster for the Nashville Predators, former NHL defenseman. Yeah, you heard him saying about Marchand going after Eller last night. If you don't want to be taunted against, try not to lose 7-0. You can text 630-630, phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six
3: three. This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat.
4: Well, the Colorado Rockies have rallied two runs in the top of the ninth. It is now tied going to the bottom of the ninth. Rockies and Brewers 2 2 in game one of that best of five series. Braves and Dodgers are about to get started in Los Angeles. NHL action tonight. Boston up 2-0 in Buffalo halfway through the second period. Also in the second, Capitals leading the Penguins 4-3. And the Islanders are up 1-0 on the Hurricanes. After the first period, no score. Nashville and the Rangers, Blue Jackets lead the Red Wings 1-0. Senators on home ice leading the Blackhawks 3 2. In the first period, the Jets leading the Blues 1 0. Patrick Line has the goal. Coming up later, Arizona at Dallas, Vegas home to Philly. The Wild will meet the Avalanche. Thursday night football, six minutes in, New England up 7 0 on Indianapolis. Quite a start for Tom Brady on the opening drive. He goes 9 for 9 for 78 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cordarell Patterson getting the score 7-0 Patriots up on oh, the Colts we'll keep you updated on that one uh, Kellen took a call and by the way uh, you're, you're welcome to call us but you can also call the newsroom 780-466-NEWS with uh, traffic tips the caller said there's a a fire Connor, around Connors Hill where it where to Road branches he- off there. Heavy emergency or he- traffic or heavy so emergency traffic trucks. sorry. Oh, but yeah. not an actual fire. Just just but heavy but emergency it's, so it's traffic. So expect delays, I guess, down there. So that would be what, just on the south side of the low level bridge. Correct. Sounds yeah. like okay. So we'll uh, help you out with that. If you have more details, you can let us know for sure. Bert Marshall. Never heard of him. Bert Marshall was the head coach. Of the Colorado Rockies hockey team when they lost 7 4 to the Edmonton Oilers in the Oilers season opener October 7th, 1981. I brought this up as a fun fact earlier. Oilers mm. playing the Devils Saturday, who they have never played in a season opener, but they have played the previous incarnation of the franchise, the uh, Colorado Rockies. And you said, Oh, it was Cherry coaching them? I said, No. So it was Cherry in 79 80. Yeah. Bert Marshall coached the Colorado Rockies for the first. 24 games of 1981-82, It's turned out to be their last season in Denver. He was fired after 24 games, replaced by Marshall Johnston. And uh, Burt's record behind the bench, he had a bit of a tough time, going 3-17-4. Wow. 3-17-4. wonder what their post-game okay. call-in show was like. Oh, they probably didn't have
5: one. Yeah, probably not. All right. <laughs>
4: You can uh, you can text 630-630 as well. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or get them online at FurnaceFamily.com. Great to have uh, Furnace Family back on board. So Hal Gill, who we uh, had on before the break, former NHL defenseman, we are talking about the Tom Wilson hit on Sunquist in the preseason that landed Wilson that 20 game suspension. And, you know, Hal said, look, I realize Wilson is a repeat offender and, you know, was a, a questionable hit under under today's standards. But Hal says he thinks the onus on is on the players to protect themselves as well. So that's obviously a, a point of debate for sure. And then he said about Marchand going after Lars Eller, for Leller, uh, Eller's celebration of the 7 nothing goal, he said, if you don't want to be taunted against, try not to lose 7 nothing." Jim writes in, he says, Hal Gill, absolutely right. Richard writes in and says, try not to lose 7 nothing. Whoever loses 7 nothing on purpose, what about winning with some class? I'm glad he got beat up for taunting. That is the code. Richard, if you can email me or mail me the code, I, I, I would appreciate it. And yes, I'm obviously being sarcastic, but everybody talks about the code in hockey. I've yet to see it. <laughs> Unfortunately, everybody has their, their own code in hockey. So that's creates, I think, some confusion and different standards for different players at times. But let me ask you this. About that specifically. Lars Zeller scores a goal. They're... The defending Stanley Cup chances, every champs, everybody's exciting. They come out, they answer the bell, they're killing the Bruins, who they've beaten thirteen consecutive times, but who are should be a really good team. They were good last year. And I I, I find it almost humorous that Lars Eller is going to his own bench and, and hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up again as an aside. This wouldn't happen if the benches were on opposite sides of the rink, which I think they should be, but they're never gonna do that because they've built all the arenas this way now. So Eller is what? five feet, ten feet max from crossing the red line, so he's closer to his own bench, and he starts wiggling his hand in the air, right? And then he high-fives everybody on his bench. So if he waits till he's at the red line, like, is, is that, like, Richard, is that what you're saying? Like, if he, if he waits till he's at the red line and then puts his arm up and high-fives a guy, like, that's okay? Do we start to, do we, like, the trapezoid, do we need lines on the ice for a celebration zone? I mean, I mean, here's the thing, guys. Brad Marchand is, is that type of player. The Bruins are obviously humiliated. They're angry. They're, they're looking for things to get angry about, especially a player like Marchand. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't sucker Eller. He didn't cross-check him. He didn't do anything dirty from behind. You know, he went out there and he engaged him. He insisted on fighting him. Okay, that, that, that happens. But in, in the grand scheme of taunting... Like, Lars Lars Eller is about a 1 out of 10. I mean, he he didn't, like, look at the bench. He didn't stop in front of the bench. He didn't try to humiliate the goalie. Like, he put his hand up, like, half a second too soon, basically, is what you're telling me. So that's the code? I, I guess that must be the code. I don't know. Uh, this texture says Ellers definitely rubbed it in. Another texture says you go to the dot and face off. Uh, this texture says Reed, even bantams and midgets know you don't fly by at seven nothing. Really, you, you guys go and high five their own, own bench after every single goal. Okay, could have he stayed away from the Bruins? But okay, fair enough. The bench is right there. And you know what? If Marchand wants to go out and engage him, I I don't think he did anything that dirty. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of taunting and everything we talk about celebrating goals and touchdowns, to to me that was pretty low on on the list of offenses. Uh, This texture says, Marchand got two and five and received the punishment he deserved. Marchand didn't get a match for intent to injure, which would have been an automatic hearing. Eller has been in the league long enough that he should know better. Even though I agree he was making the gesture to his own bench, but you still have to be aware. Uh, this texture says Eller Ellers is a European. He turtled. Well, that's nice. Uh, this this texture says till the end of time, Marchand is a piece of crap. No matter what, I would taunt him too. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, Curtis says, Reed, you should get Mark Spector to seriously write the code. He seems like the kind of guy who writes books. Let the unwritten be written. (laughs) Well, Mark Spector did write a book called The Battle of Alberta. Uh, Allen says people may have their own interpretation of the code but there's usually some constants when it comes to stuff like that if you hit the star player you're going to get dropped if you go after the goalie you're going to get dropped if you taunt the opposing team's bench when you're beating them 7-0 you're probably going to get dropped and another texter says Brad Marchand may be an idiot but I would take him on the orders in a heartbeat that's a good text both complimentary and demeaning at the same time that's good versatility from that texter <laughs> Uh, and this uh, individual simply says, "Do as you please," but then answer the bell if it rings. Well, I mean, Eller did engage him. I mean, rel- reluctantly, but he realized he was going to have to go, and uh, and eventually he went. So anyway, look, I'm not, I'm not like upset about what Marchand did. I mean, the team's angry. Hockey allows you to fight. You know, he drew him into it. That's fine. I just, I, I would just.
2: Learn more at Marines.com.
4: Say that there are much more severe examples of taunting than what Lars Eller did. All right, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Take a quick timeout.
2: You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
4: Now we're in the 10th inning, top of the 10th in Milwaukee. Colorado and the Brewers tied 2-2. Colorado getting two in the top of the 9th to even that one up. Thanks a lot for tuning in, guys. Uh, Some text to 630-630. This individual says, Hal Gill was the best on this taunting topic. If you don't want to get taunted, don't suck. Pizza guy Nick working hard out there delivering pizzas says, I can almost guarantee you Marchand would be the first guy to taunt the other team in a blowout. Randy says, if it was a tough guy who was taunting the Boston bench, Marchand uh, would be nowhere to be found. So his story is BS. That's from Randy. And, oh, this is a, this is a good one from Dan. He says, hey, read it's Dan. Is that the same code that Marchand used when he licked the guy's face? Remember that, Kellen did that a couple times last mm-hmm. year, didn't he? <laughs> uh, I'll say this for Brad Marchand—he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's good for sports talk shows and discussion with fans. That's—that's that's for sure. I, I guess, yeah. Here's the question: What's worse, what Eller did or Marchand licking guys' faces? I'll—I'll <laughs> I'll leave that out for you to debate yourself. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Brian on the line. Hello, Brian.
2: Well, definitely looking looking the faces, I'd say, is better yeah. worse. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah, I
4: think that's probably uh, probably going to be a majority there for sure. But
2: you know, I and, and I don't know where I really stand on this because, you know, uh, as as your one uh, texture said, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar. Yeah, Marshaw would be one of the first to taunt if if the roles were reversed. I mean, that's a, a pretty much a given. On the other hand of the on the other side of the fence, I also agree with the other texture who said, yeah. You know, yeah. Would I love to see him on the Oilers? Yeah. You know what he he does for the Bruins, what Ken Lindsman and Isha Tekenden did for the uh, for the Oilers in the eighties.
4: Well, but he's pro I mean, I know Lindsman had a couple of good offensive seasons. The scoring was inflated, but I mean, Marchand's a better offensive player in the in the scope of the whole league than Linsman does. Oh, oh I mean, absolutely, yeah, but, for sure. But
2: you know, he's a he's a, a, a you know what disturber, and can still back it up with goals and, and make plays. I I mean, I don't like to admit it because I don't like the guy, but...
4: <laughs> I, well, I mean, 85 points, two seasons in a row. And remember, he only played 68 games last year. I mean, if he plays the entire year, is he the Hart Trophy winner? You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know that'll never happen. Because <laughs> no one would ever vote for him? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what, I'd t- I take him on, on my team, and and uh, as much as I've criticized, I mean, I, I think I, he's one of the few people on air I've actually called a little puke, uh, which probably was excessive. I probably w- was a little less experienced at the time. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he gets points, he plays tough. So do you have him on your team? Do you have Tom Wilson on the team? And do you just live with the stuff that you know is going to cross the line. Though I think the Bruins were pretty unhappy with the licking oh, stuff.
2: And I, and I think so, too. But in the long run, uh, I think they're probably more unhappy with the team performance in a 7-0 loss than what Marchand did.
4: Yeah, fair enough.
2: Thanks, Brian. You know, I mean, to me, Marchand showed up and he showed some enthusiasm. Again, I don't like to admit it about the guy, but... Uh, Brand new season starting. Here's my question I wanted to pose to you, though. Sure. Uh, Do you think with Blue Chick, uh, like I've listened to a couple of interviews on him now this year.
4: Yeah.
2: And I've got to say, I don't think I've ever heard the man more determined or almost seem more focused. I I, I would almost say he's more focused than maybe even since his rookie
4: year. Well, I hope so. I mean, he's made no secret of the fact that that a lot of it was between the years last year. I mean, they they all say the right things at this time of year, Brian. And I do think the Oilers will be better, and I do think he will be better. I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get back to twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four goals. Um, I, I think uh, you know some of it is just the, that he's going to bounce back. Some of the open nets he missed are going to are going to start going in. Uh, they're going to need him because if Dreisaitl is stuck with no line mates again, that could turn into a pretty long year.
2: I'll make you a couple predictions right now. Uh, One, I'll say that Lucek, I'll say he's going to be a 40-point man this year. Whether it'll be 20 goals, I'm not sure,
4: but I'm going to say 40 points for sure. Well, that'd be good if he could get 40 to 50. Brian, thanks for calling. Okay, take care. All right, we're going to bounce over to Sweden for a guy who would neither lick faces nor celebrate excessively. And that, of course, is number 93, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He sat down with Stoffer
1: after practice today. Well, Ryan, first of all, uh, how has this uh, trip to Europe been today for you? I mean, specific with Cologne, just you know, how unique of an experience was that?
5: Yeah, it's great. It's uh, um, I think it's it's fun and uh, enjoyable anytime you get to go to, uh, for us coming over to Europe, it's a different experience. And I've never been in Germany, so I uh, love the city of Cologne. It was a lot of fun, and uh, the atmosphere last night was crazy. It was uh, it's pretty intense so it's uh, it's cool to see uh, the different fans over here for sure uh, so more enjoyable experience in cologne and russia during the lockout year right? <laughs> uh, it was a different experience yeah i mean ufa is a little bit different than cologne for sure but um, it was also the dead of winter in yeah. in ufa russia so a little bit uh, a little bit different but uh, i mean even there the atmosphere is pretty good the the european fans they they're um, they're good like they just get into it at one point i looked behind our bench uh, or our, our net in cologne and they're all kind of bouncing up and down at different times like it's uh, they're pretty into it they love uh, to create a good atmosphere and just get into the game uh, you know so much look you, Taylor's been a number one you were number one there's some attention on you
1: uh, Connor obviously is Connor but how cool was it that you watched specifically for Leon and sort of how they how they kind of handled that whole uh, situation and the love and the appreciation they had for one of their own and you guys were kind of chuckled a bit on the bench at the start of the game otherwise.
5: yeah it was awesome um, I mean even when they announced their lineup when they announced their last names or they announced the first names on the speaker then the whole crowd kind of says their last name it's uh, it's it's pretty cool and then uh, when they did it for Leon it was loud so I mean it was uh, I mean even Toby for sure but Leon being from Cologne it was, uh, it was loud and um, so it gave you a little bit of chills it's, uh, it's pretty cool different experience and for him I think it was an amazing experience uh, playing in front in front of his friends and his family and uh, playing against some of his good friends and obviously his dad so uh, yeah I know I was uh, happy for him and, uh, and the first goal we get is a German connection too, it even more special How hard was it to play the game? I mean you're playing an exhibition game you, have, you, know, I, you
1: know completely different ice surface the players with all due respect are not on the same level as NHL players in preseason? Uh, well,
5: it was different for sure um, we, I think we had a really good mentality coming in I mean we took it very seriously we uh, want to have a strong strong game um, but when we got out there I think we realized how different of a game it is um, I think if we got used to it it might be a little bit different but I mean for just again uh, thrown into um, a game on the big ice against a team who that's what they do I mean they play on that big ice they know uh, they know how to protect the middle, which is so important in the, on the big ice. I mean, um, it was definitely a, a different style of hockey, but uh, as we went along, I think we got better at it. Um, uh, I mean, and they put their best foot forward. I mean, their goalies played well, and um, they have some skill on that team too. So, I mean, it's not, like they're, uh, it's not like they can't play hockey, you know. I mean, they're good hockey players too, and uh, it was a competitive game, so it was fun. Okay, when well, you guys have had all of your guys in,
1: five guys all left shots on that first power play. I uh, do not think that's gone? I mean, it's obviously a work in progress, uh, but there seems to be latitude for you, Connor, or Leanna to play different positions?
5: Yeah, I think it's just wherever anybody ends up. I mean, we kind of have spots that we, all three of us, like, um, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, uh, off plays, off entries and stuff, wherever kind of we are, we can uh, just fill spots and, and go from there. And I think having as a lefty on your offside, having three lefties Wound up for one timers is pretty dangerous. It's hard to defend. I know. Um, I mean, it's similar to kind of Washington. Uh, a lot of teams have gone to it in the past, yeah. and it's just dangerous because it's hard to. You cover the middle, then they they go through the seam, or you cover the seam middle, then you go up top. Like it's just a, it's a different animal, and um, it, so it opens up a lot of options. And um, we, we have skilled enough players on that on the power play to to make plays out there. Last
1: year, opening game at home against Calgary. Dominated them. You won three nothing. You could have won six or seven nothing. And we're thinking, okay, here we go. Didn't happen. So you don't want to overreact or play too much
5: to one game. But for this group, you guys want to get things going the right direction, don't you? Yeah. It's. I mean, starts super important for sure. um, I mean, it's not just the first game. It's uh, we. uh, We want to have a good game. We want to establish a a good mentality and a hard work ethic right off the bat. If uh, if we win, then great. We got to keep that momentum going into Boston. But if we lose, then we just gotta. I mean, we still gotta keep our heads up and, and. push hard in Boston, New York, and then all uh, oh, then we get home for a day, I think, then out to Winnipeg. So, I mean, it's not, a, not an easy schedule to start, so we need to be prepared, and I think uh, we've, we've done everything we can to prepare ourselves. Guys are working hard, we're mentally ready for it, uh, we're physically, mentally prepared, so uh, we just need to go out there and uh, do it on Saturday.
4: Alright, there's the news. Good stuff there about the five left shots on the power play as well. We have the news coming up, more on the Oilers. Uh, Dave Campbell will let you know the latest on the Eskimos and former Major League pitcher Mike Johnson weighing in on the baseball playoffs.
3: Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.